Welcome to the Data Driven Podcast. I'm Dominic Bohan, the host of the Data Driven Podcast here, and today we've got a special episode for you, which is going to be guest hosted by Deidre Downing, who is the Chief Learning Officer at Story IQ. Deidre's got a wealth of experience in education focused on teaching large enterprises the value of data literacy. I'm thrilled to invite Deidre and some of her friends to take the mic and share their knowledge with you, our loyal listeners. Okay. Here's a special data literacy episode of the Data Driven Podcast, guest hosted by Deidre Downing, the Chief Learning Officer at Story IQ. Welcome to the Data Driven Podcast, where we dive deep into getting more value from our business data. Whether you're a data professional, leader, or just curious about developing your data skills, the Data Driven Podcast is here to guide you along your journey. I'm your host, Deidre Downing from Story IQ. Yesterday, Wendy and I talked about why most data analytics projects fail. And today, we're going to discuss how we can convert data analytics into maximum business value. Okay, here's my conversation with Wendy Lynch, the founder of analytictranslator.com. Wendy, it's great to have you back again today to keep sort of going down this road around building success around analytics. Thank you. In our podcast yesterday, you spoke about sort of having different languages being spoken from the data science side and the business leader side. I guess maybe starting off with, if we're talking about value, how can we, and I would say, let's say we is from the data science perspective, how can we start speaking differently to convert what we do, which is that converting those analytics into the maximum value for the business or really figuring out what matters to that person on the other side of the conversation? Yes. And again, thanks for having me back. So yesterday we talked about how we can understand better what the person is trying to accomplish what really matters to them. And it's helpful for data scientists to understand that there is a decision to be made or an action to be taken. So if a company is trying to be data-driven, we want to deliver the information to them in the best way possible to make it as easy as possible. And when we go in with really, really complicated scenarios and we go in with a variety of probabilities, or we go in with an accuracy rate that and qualify it 10 times, then we aren't providing a clear foundation for a person to make a decision. So we have to think about not just providing it as a scientific paper, because we get trained to do things like We start with the methods, and then we describe the subjects, and then we talk about how we adjusted those methods based on limitations in the data. You know, all of those things are great to have documented, and they are great to understand, especially if you have an audience that really wants to know. But really, what is our basic answer to the question they're trying to ask? the action they're trying to take, or the decision they're trying to make. Now, it doesn't mean that it's going to be clear every time, but we have to be on the same side rather than being hesitant to actually give them the best information that we have. And I see over and over and over again the business people's eyes rolling back in their heads because we don't get to the point. And so we have to think, first, remind everybody why we were doing what we're doing. Second, be clear about what matters about this particular answer and stay clear to that answer first. 
Now, you will probably get into nuances and you'll get into how confident we should be or, you know, what the drawbacks are, and we can be ready for those things. But that isn't how data scientists usually present things because they were trained as scientists and they write papers and they do things in a way that is rigidly following protocol. And we have to do that as scientists, but we also, if we're working in a business, have to understand what they need. I think that's a really smart call out that just because our training looked one way, it doesn't mean that our day-to-day business life can follow that. And I guess I'm wondering if you have any sort of best practices or frameworks that you might recommend to help people better communicate, again, that value piece uh, for, for the business. Yes. So when we have some results to share, it really helps to put them into a structure so that the audience, whoever it is, and we can cater to whichever audience, if they are pretty savvy, we can do it in a different way than if they really don't understand data. If they're entry level, we would we should cater it to what they can understand versus somebody who is at a high level. So first you look at the audience, then you look at what they are trying to accomplish, what we described the the action or the decision. Because we don't do things in business like you do in academia where maybe you just want to know, like you're kind of curious about it. Usually it's not curiosity. There's actually something that you have to do. And then we structure it in terms of being able to make specific statements, not qualified methodologies and other kinds of descriptors. So what I always say is business people want results that are so simple, they need no explanation. Data scientists want results that are so complex and interesting that everybody wants an explanation. So we have to back up and say, what is it that we absolutely have to know? What do they need in order to make the decision that they are trying to make? And make it as clear and decisive as you can. If you have a slide, you put the headline on the slide. So the performance of A is better than B. You don't say graphics showing the relationship between product type and performance. I mean, so it's following some very, very basic, almost communication media basics to make sure that we are getting people where they need to go without making them work hard. I love that. Get people where they need to go, but without making them work hard because People in the business are busy. People in the data science teams are busy. They've got limited time and cognitive energy to put into what you're asking. And so that advice around getting straight to the point, making sure it's in, we'll call it non-scientific language or layman's language is going to, I think, as you say, really get people to stick right to the point and highlight and elevate that business value. And what I have come to realize is that If it's possible to have somebody who's trained in analytic translation, they may be the best person to convert to that kind of language. Because what we don't want to do is stifle all of the great discoveries that the data scientists have done. So I can imagine a data scientist listening to me going, really? 
I did all this great work and now you're just going to dumb it down into something really basic? Well, yes, but (laughs) what I would prefer to do is interview you as the data scientist and say, so what did you learn? What should we know from this? What could we use in other ways from this? What other things should we pay attention to in the future that maybe you discovered in the data or ways that we shouldn't use the data? How can we best make use of all of the effort that you put into this? Because we're not trying to shut down discovery, which is what it feels like happens when you're on the data side. But when we are taking it then from that discussion, then I might package it, get the data scientist agreement that I'm not misrepresenting their work and say, you know, I'm going to make sure you get all the credit that this is a great project. And I'm just showing you how we are going to convert it so that they can make best use of it. But we have to have somebody who's paying attention to both sides because we're not trying to minimize. I'm not saying that you've got to just do simple t-tests for the rest of your life. Um, What I'm saying is, is that all that great work isn't going to be used if they can't digest it. What an important distinction that it's not that any of the work would be dumbed down because then what sort of value are we getting? I think you're spot on there that not everyone needs to be a translator, but the appearance of one in a business to translate again from both sides is going to bring so much value. And uh, the real value is you're saying, getting people to understand the work and the effort and where their individual work is bringing value is so essential in keeping that relationship going as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. You know, from your your years of experience on, you know, both the data analytics side and then also supporting and creating these data translators within organizations, I'm wondering if you think there's uh, at any point, and, and this is a broad question, so you can feel free to get more specific, but Do you think companies are doing a good job of aligning their goals with the analytics that they're asking for? So are we at the sort of higher level being set up for success and getting business value by good goal setting? Short answer, no. And it comes down to really a parallel to what's what I'm talking about here. So the operations manager who goes to the data analyst and can't ask the right question. It's very similar to what's happening at the top. And it's only getting worse, as you can imagine, when every CEO is being asked by their board why they haven't already incorporated AI and machine learning into everything that they do, and they don't even know what it means. So as long as they can go out and say, yep, we're using it, then they feel like they're sort of doing their job. But if you don't have someone translating at that level and being the go-between to say, look, here is what's possible. And here are what your talented team of data scientists can accomplish. And also, here is how we can be realistic about that, because that's not going to be something that you get next week. So we have to have that alignment, as you say, at the top. And right now, we do not at all. Not in every, well, there's a very few. And I'll give you one example. I was interviewing uh, one of the analytic leaders who said, oh, we don't have any of those problems. We don't have any of the rework. We don't have any of the things that get delivered that aren't worthwhile. And I was like, gosh, that sounds awesome. Tell me all about it. Well, our CEO is a data scientist. 
So she never asks for unrealistic things because she knows exactly what it would take to get them. And she understands everything that we give her. So there are exceptions, but they are um, very different sorts of exceptions. Right. We don't want to have these sort of writ large statements that all companies are not aligning their goals. Uh, right. Certainly. And, and uh, right. Every, every space is going to be different. But I do think it's important to be able to ask yourself, you know, really, have I interrogated this goal to see, is it possible, right, to even get this or in a timely manner? And uh, yeah, we should all be doing that work as we're setting goals, certainly. Yeah. We have to have the openness on both sides to learn. And so if there's a, a leader that says, oh, yeah, Wendy, you should come in and help my team. Um, but the way they model it is that it's someone else's job to learn and it's someone else's job to listen and it's someone else's job to spend time explaining. So they're too busy to describe what their goals are. Um, you should already know. Then that's not a group to work with. So at every level, I think every we have to have people who are open to understanding this on a broader level. And I think you pointed out uh, in our earlier conversation, it's about taking some time. And I've had a lot of people say, oh, I don't have time to have those kind of conversations. And, you know, it might be 12 minutes. So you don't have 12 minutes to better understand what that project ought to be. You'd rather spend four weeks on a project that ended up not being what you needed. Uh, it is a little ridiculous. So, um, so yeah, the goal setting at every level and the understanding and purpose at every level is important. I'm wondering if uh, this goes back to building data literate workforces, right? There's so much about it at every level. We need to understand what's possible. We need to understand how, you know, X can be reported and measured. What are your thoughts on uh, just again, the level of data literacy or data fluency within an organization and being able to successfully convert their analytics into business value? You know, it's a really interesting area. And I actually do a regular webinar with Dataversity on data literacy. And I think the numbers, again, are, are pretty awful. According to some of the surveys, the C-suite executives, only a third of them are data literate. Um, in general, uh, the general population is like only 20, 25% are literate. You have some crazy number, like a third of the American public don't know that 25% is the same as a quarter of a pie, you know? So, so we are asking a lot. And what I see is a lot of data people insisting that the non-data people become data literate. But let's think about some of the other types of literacy. What about people literacy? The least people literate tend to be really technical people. So shouldn't we be asking some of the technical people to be more people literate? And all employees ought to be business literate if they're working in a business. And yet it's something like 10% of employees can actually describe the top three objectives for their organization. So we all need to be more business literate. So I start getting worried about the compartmentalization. And and yes, of course, I would love everyone to be data literate. I'd love for everyone to understand basic stats. The society would be way better because they would understand whether the news is accurate or not. But I'm not sure that we can expect 
that level of change across an entire organization compared to what about if we took everybody who is oriented that way, then they have an aptitude and an interest in becoming more data literate. Why don't we train up people in each team to be the representative that helps understand the data? Why don't we take the technical people who are more oriented toward people and have them become analytic translators? Why don't we, you know, think about this in a much more integrated way rather than a compartmentalized way? Because I I hear a lot of, again, data-oriented people saying, yeah, everybody has to know data. But we have to be, again, have a little more empathy than that because not everybody really wants to do that. I think that's a great point. And it is really easy to get sort of fixated on this idea of data literacy or I think you bring up really importantly, there's business literacy, there's people literacy, right? There's the emotional intelligence part, which I think falls under that people literacy piece that if we're just looking at one element, the whole organization is not being considered. I I just I'm curious about that, because you hear, you know, let's be data driven, let's be data literate all the time. And it is nuanced. And I think it is challenging. But I would argue that We don't want data literacy. What we want is insight-driven decisions and um, data-aware decisions at every level of the organization. That's what we want. We, we, We don't necessarily need every person to pass a statistics exam. That's not, that's not what we want. What we want is for all of the leaders to be able to make decisions using accurate data that's available quickly. And we want people to pay attention to what data are available so that that can help them be better at their work. And I think the path to that is easier if we say, who is good at which parts of this? And how do we bring them together in a way that each team is supported by folks who are data literate, folks who can translate, folks who are business literate, and people that know how to work with other people. And if we put those things together, I think we get farther than asking every person to go in and, you know, I I took a couple of data literacy exams that, and I failed a couple of them. I I mean, the things that they were asking, like, which program do I need if I'm going to do this, that, or the other, and which of these um, coding languages is better at something. And I just was like, oh my gosh, are we really getting to that level for everybody? And I'm not sure it's helpful. I agree. I think I would also not do well on a, an assessment that asked me what technique to use because we're all different. We all understand it different ways. Uh, and maybe there is no one singular best there. So I, I think that's a, a great point that even as a data practitioner, this idea of data literacy is maybe not going to be the be all end all of somehow making analytics valuable for the organization. There's there's more to it. If you were to give you know one or two pieces of advice to business leaders about being or about how to, I guess, get more value out of their data. So from the business side, what could they be doing to make sure that their analytics are giving them the value they need, what would that be? That is a really good question. I think everybody, and so what I mean is the leaders at every level, could use a, well, let me start over on that one. So editors, go ahead and start over on that one. So so that is a really good question. 
And there may not be one answer for everybody. But I would ask leaders to be open to learning a variety of new things about what's possible. And I don't mean that they need to become data literate, which is what we were just talking about, that is hard to decide that you're going to do that. But if you could listen to the data scientists in your organization and ask bigger questions, what is possible with the data that we have? What should I know about the data that could help me this week? What could help me in six months? What could we build over time? What sorts of data are we missing that could help us answer bigger questions? And, and what am I not realizing that I should realize? Because too often the leaders, because they are, they have to do it based on their commitments and their responsibilities, just tell, I need you to do X. I need you to get me Y. There isn't a lot of fact finding and learning. And because part of it is adults, especially really talented and successful adults, don't like to feel stupid. So leaders sometimes don't want to ask because they don't know that they're going to understand the answer. And again, a shameless plug, but if you have a high-level analytic translator who can be the go-between to help them really grasp what's possible in a way that both sides understand, then uh, you open some doors that really weren't available to them before. Well, thanks so much, Wendy. You've given a lot to think about. I think really stepping back, asking big questions and it might be difficult at first, but understanding what you don't know and what's possible is really what's going to build that business uh, value. Uh, and yeah, taking that sort of curiosity mindset around what can we do with analytics to help build and understand that value within the organization. It's just such, such great advice. Well, and it's, I don't think it's going to get any easier because things are getting more and more complex to understand. So it's not going to be any simpler in a month than it was <laughs> today. So we can't keep kicking data down the road. We've got to we've got to look it in the eye right now and have that perhaps difficult conversation, but ultimately it's going to be for the best. Yes. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Data Driven Podcast. Thanks again to Wendy Lynch, founder of analytictranslator.com for joining us. If you'd like to hear more from Wendy, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter, where her handle is at Wendy Lynch PhD, or visit her website at analytic-translator.com. Thanks again, Wendy. It's been a great conversation. Great. Thank you for having me. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, head over to datadrivenpod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. Of course, you can always reach me. Just submit an inquiry at storyiq.com. If you haven't subscribed yet and want a steady stream of data-driven brilliance in your podcast feed, we're publishing multiple episodes each week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow. Okay, that's all for today. But until next time, remember that when it comes to data, less is more. Thank you.